Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom. Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom. I just want to say thank you to you for watching our love for me. Thank God for another wonderful Tuesday. Today being the 12th of October 2021, we are getting closer to the end of another year 
and it's been the grace of God, it's been the hand of God, it's been God's protection, God's love, God's goodness, God's faithfulness over us. And tonight is another Tuesday where we gather to hear the word of God, where we are impacted for success, where we are strengthened, where we are giving hope, where we are also encouraged in the Lord, and where we grow, most importantly. Because at the end of the day, the Bible lets us understand that we should grow and be Christ-like. And so remember that this year is our year of growth. And as, to, and, and as to grow, we have to also involve ourselves in the disciplines of prayer, the disciplines of fasting, the disciplines of reading and studying the Word of God, tithing, giving, um, and so on and so forth. You know, it's all in the quest to help us to grow. And so by the grace of God, tonight, we're going to learn something wonderful, something very important to the body of Christ that we must know. It's a, it's a topic that um, is not really you know, talked about, but it's a very important topic. And the topic tonight is that great things come in small packages. Great, great, great things come in small packages. And so tonight, I would want us to be attentive. Tell someone that we are alive. Let somebody be blessed by coming to listen because after tonight whatever the person will hear will change his or her life you can bet on it it will change the person's life the person's life will become a blessing it will inform the person of many things tonight by the grace of god amen and so tonight let's pray before we start by the grace of god and then we will zoom right into the word tell somebody we are alive tell somebody we are alive Tell somebody you are alive. Amen. All right, let's pray shortly. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you have been with us right from January the 1st till now. We thank you that your spirit that you sent as an advocate and as a comfort and also to teach us all things. We thank you for his presence in our lives. We thank you tonight that, Lord, you shall teach us and you shall help us. And that we shall bring glory to your holy name. We pray that tonight, whatever it is that you want your people to hear, with our hearts and minds open, may we receive into the depths of our spirits in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you hear us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Great things come in small packages it's a beautiful thing that we're going to talk about tonight and i believe that we'll be blessed we'll be blessed we'll be blessed we'll be blessed so grab your grab your book grab your your pen and tell somebody we are alive because trust me after tonight your mindset on certain things will change by the grace of god amen all right so we begin God's word tonight. May the Lord bless his word and may the Lord lead us. Amen. Alright, so great things come in small packages. Now, let me start by saying that before I give us the scripture, let me start by saying that that statement, great things come in small packages, 
is proven true throughout the Bible. From Abraham, whose name was changed to Abraham, he was one lonely 90-year-old pilgrim. He left his father's house to a place where the Lord was going to show him. If you look at Abraham, if you look at the slave child Moses, who became the son, stepson of Pharaoh's daughter, if you look at the shepherd boy David, you realize that God's word teaches us great truths from the smallest of people, of which I've mentioned some of, some of the names here. You know, and you realize that Jesus was even born in a very small way. He was born in a manger, in a place where people don't even usually give birth in, in a farmhouse, in a shed where animals live in. And beloved, the people even that were chosen by Jesus to carry on his mission were also considered as small people. They were fishermen, they were task collectors, small people. But you know, God has a way of putting immense value into something small. And so always remember that no matter how big you get in life, always remember that when you were conceived, as biologists will say, when you were conceived, you were smaller than a grain of salt. Always remember, no matter how big you get, you were once as small, even smaller than a grain of salt. Even smaller than a grain of salt. And so our scripture tonight is taken from Proverbs the chapter 30, from verse 24 to 28. Proverbs the chapter 30 from verse 24 to 28. But I want to just read the verse 24 before I come down to the 28. Verse 24 says that, Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Now, understand that the value of something does not depend upon its size. It does not depend on its size. The value of something, the worth of something, does not depend or is not dependent upon its size. And so the four things the Bible talks about in Proverbs 30, 24, we're going to look at tonight. They are very small, these four things. They are very small. Not only are they very small, they are also very insignificant. Yet, we can learn so much from them. In fact, we can learn tremendous truths from them. And so, Jesus... You know, started with 12 disciples. And even after the resurrection, the church only numbered 120. As the Bible tells us. And when you read church history very well, historians tell us that at that time, where the church reached the 120, at that time, the population of Palestine was around, I think, 4 million people. So, that meant that if there were 120, that meant that in one, that meant that one in 30,000 people were Christians. One in 30,000. Hallelujah. Yet, look at the great work that was started with just 120 followers of Jesus on the day of Pentecost and beyond. Beloved, great things come in small packages. 
great things come in very small packages. And so let's read the scripture now. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 24 to verse 28. Bible says, Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Connies are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the cracks. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. A lizard can be caught with a hand, yet it is found in king's palaces. Let me read again. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Connies are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the cracks. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. A lizard can be caught with a hand, yet it is found in king's palaces. Hallelujah. Beloved, these verses, Proverbs 30, 24-28, these verses were written by Agar, A-G-U-R, Agar, and Agar was the son of Jacob, and, and Agar was a, was, a, was a contemporary of Solomon's, and so he was considered wise enough to be included in the book of wisdom, which is Proverbs. So in this particular text, Agar lists four things on the earth that are very small, Yet, despite their size, despite how small they are, they are wise. And when we study these four, we will find four great characteristics for our kingdom living. Great, great, great. That's what I'm saying tonight, after tonight, your mindset on certain things will change. Your understanding on certain things will change. Your belief in certain things will change. And you, it, it will help you to think ahead and to forge ahead and to make a change hallelujah and so we begin by the ants it says ants are creatures of little strength yet they store up their food in the summer now the ant speaks of preparation now the ant we know is not a strong creature Hallelujah. It's not. But why does the Bible accrue wisdom to the ant, even though the ant is not strong? The ant is considered wise because he plans ahead, or because it plans ahead. Plans ahead. Now, understand, according to science, an ant's brain has about, I'm, I'm told, 250,000 brain cells. 250,000 brain cells. Now, we know that a human brain has about 10 million and more of the of the cells. So, what it means is that a colony of 40,000 ants, a colony of 40,000 ants has the same size brain as a human. But note, an ant's brain, a single ant's brain, is 250,000. So, with 250,000 brain cells of an ant, what does the ant do with its little brain that we can learn from? Simply put, the ant prepares for harder seasons. 
the ant prepares for harder, harder, harder seasons. Listen, the ant knows that just because it is summer now doesn't mean winter is not coming. Doesn't mean winter will not come. The ant knows that because right now, or we just uh, we just ended the rainy season, even though it's still raining. The ant knows that Hamatan is close. The ant does, doesn't sit back, back and be like, oh, it's, we're in the rainy season, so it's fine. He plans ahead. So for the ant, it is more about forward thinking and acting. The ant plans ahead. Plans ahead. Hallelujah. The ant knows how to manage time. For us, as human beings, we make so many mistakes with time management. But the ant manages its time, plans ahead, prepares for harder seasons. Some of the mistakes we make with time management is that we obsess about yesterday. Yesterday I was this. Yesterday I was that. I was the best in this. I used to do this. I was this. I was popular. We obsess about the past. We obsess about yesterday and waste time in obsession on yesterday. The ant does not obsess about yesterday. The ant plans ahead. The ant speaks of preparation. Why? Because it's, it is wise in the planning. It plans ahead. We obsess about yesterday. And another mistake we make when it comes to time management is that we worry about tomorrow. Even the Bible tells us in, in Matthew 6 that we should not worry or think about what we will eat, what we will drink, and what we will wear. But we should seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things... What are, the, what are the, these things? What we will eat, what we will wear, what we will drink. All these things shall be added to us as we seek. Now, the Bible doesn't say that seek and find the kingdom of God. It says seek ye first. So, it's not about seeking. It's not about the end result though. All the Bible is saying that we should seek. We should be in the continual process of seeking. And he adds those things, the things that we need, the things that we are supposed to worry about that we are told not to worry about. But rather, the ant does not worry about tomorrow. It plans. But we sit down and we worry about tomorrow. So by, by worrying about tomorrow, the same Bible tells us that it does not add an inch of hair to our hairs. When you worry about tomorrow, it doesn't add anything to your life. We waste our time by worrying about tomorrow. We waste time by worrying about tomorrow. We waste time. These are the mistakes we make with time management. We obsess about yesterday. We worry about tomorrow. Or the last one, we live for the moment. We waste time. We live for the moment. We don't, we don't look at what is coming ahead. We only live for now. You've gotten some some 200 million and 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 you waste all of it in the now you don't invest you don't think that tomorrow might be a, a, a rainy day that would need the cash you waste it you live in the moment you live in the now you don't plan you don't save you don't do investment nothing but the ant prepares for harder seasons 
The ant plans ahead, but you waste your time by living for the moment. Therefore, we must change our attitude and we must adjust our thinking. And we must put things in place for the future. In short, we must be prepared. This is a general understanding of the ant's life to us as human beings. But the question is, why must we be prepared, even as Christians? Because I'm speaking as, as a Christian to a Christian. So, why must we be prepared like the ant? Why must we prepare ahead? Why must we prepare and plan for harder seasons? Why? For temptations. That's the first point. For temptations. We must plan for temptations. Have you forgotten? The Bible tells us in, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Bible says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That word trouble, talking about temptations. But he says that, take heart, I have overcome the world. So, the more you you put your trust in the Lord and, and, and you, you give him your all and you trust him, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So, the peace of God is critical. The peace of God gives you the ability to plan ahead for these things that are coming to you. Because the seasons of life come to us. They attack us on each side. Why? Because we are in the world. But we are not of the world. But so far as we are in the world, the temptations will come. So you must plan ahead for, the, for temptations. Secondly, we must be prepared for trials. 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 It is very important. Because trials test our faith. Trials, 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 they test our faith. They test our faith. When we read the book of James, the chapter 1, it tells you from the verse 2 that consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Therefore, understand that you must be prepared for trials. He says, consider it pure joy. Whenever you face, whenever you face, it means it's not an if. It means that it's part of the life of a Christian. You will face trials. Prepare for trials by standing on the word of God, by receiving the peace of God, by having the understanding that because Christ has died for us and resurrected, he said that he, he has overcome the world. As you, as you believe and receive, you receive the peace of God. You receive the joy of the Lord. You prepare for these things when they come. Like the ant, you will be one who is wise. You will be one who plans ahead as a Christian. You will not be one who does not just... just just sit there idle. Who does not obsess about yesterday? Who does not worry about tomorrow? Or who lives in the moment? But you put things in place for the future. Beloved, 
What else? Or why must we still be prepared? I said, for temptation, for trials, the third thing, for the second coming of Christ. We must prepare. Many of us are not preparing for the second coming of Christ. Many of us are not preparing for the rapture. Many of us are living like, like the rapture will never happen because in the time of Paul, it was said that Christ will, will come, will come. He has not come and people were laughing and laughing. It's the same thing that happened in the days of Noah when God told Noah, build the ark. And the Bible says that they were laughing at Noah. They were saying all manner of things to Noah. Remember, Noah received the call to build the ark in the northern part of the country. And you know, in the northern part of every country, the place is noted for dryness. There will be no water there. How can God say build an ark? I'm going to destroy the world with water. Yet in the northern part of the country, therefore people laughed at him. People said you are mad. People said what kind of God is that? Where did you hear this thing from? But hey, God had spoken. He prepared. He prepared. No one prepared. He built the ark. He put the animals in and the Lord sent rain. Beloved, are you preparing for the rapture? Are you living as though the rapture is coming? Are you in expectation of, of the bridegroom? Are you in expectation? When you read 1 Peter, the chapter 1 and the verse 13, Bible says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Christ Jesus is revealed. Prepare your mind. That's how you plan like the ants. Prepare, prepare, be self-controlled and set your hope fully on the grace to be given when Christ appears or when Christ is revealed. We must prepare for the second coming. We must prepare for the rapture. We don't prepare for it. We don't prepare for the rapture. And it is sad because we live as though, you know, you have people saying, you hear girls mostly saying things like, when you say Christ is coming soon, you say, eh, you should wait. Let me marry first. Let me give birth first. Let me have sex first. I've waited all this while. And then Christ will come and I cannot have sex. Hey! Hey! My goodness. What can be compared to the appearing? Bible says that when he appears, we shall be caught up. The word is haparzo. We shall be caught up. We shall be like him. We will meet him in the air. Oh, glory. We will meet the Lord in the air and we'll go to heaven and we'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb and we'll reign with Christ for seven years. Oh, before the judgment will come. But we will not be judged. But those, but those who are not in Christ, they will stand before the great white throne. In the book of Revelation 20, he said, and I saw a big book and other books, but a big book was open, and those who did not have their name written in the book of life were thrown. Prepare. Prepare. Tell somebody, prepare for the coming of the Lord Jesus. Prepare for rapture. Hallelujah. And understand the other point is that we must also be prepared to tell others about Jesus. That scripture in 1 Peter 3 verse 15, the first time I read that scripture, it shook me. Why? Because I was like, hey, then it means that I must always be on guard. What does 1 Peter 3 15 tell us? It tells us that 
always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. What is the hope? Christ in you is the hope of glory. The hope you have is that Christ in you, one day you'll be, you'll be glorified. You'll receive the glorious body. You'll receive eternal life. You'll be raptured. But are we prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope that we carry? When somebody asks you, what is the reason for this hope that you carry? Many of us will fail because we don't prepare. We don't read our Bibles. We don't pray enough. We are not led by the Spirit enough. And some of us, when we are trying to give the answer, we don't do it with gentleness and respect, but rather go and insult people because we think that our, our faith is, is superior to everybody. Yes, but in the Bible's wisdom, Bible tells us, do this with gentleness and respect because you are dealing with people. So if you go and attack somebody, try to choke the person with your information, it will not be received. In the wisdom of God, he said, be prepared to give the answer for your hope. But in doing that, do it with gentleness and respect. But be prepared. Are we prepared? When somebody comes and asks you something about your faith, can you answer? Are you prepared to answer? Will you fumble? Will you, will you say things that are not there? Will you direct the person to your pastor? Some of us, when, when we are accepting questions about the, about the faith, that we have the hope in, that we profess, we, we direct people to our pastors, our church leaders. We ourselves, we can't answer it. We rather direct people to our pastors. Like the ant, we must be prepared. Prepare. We don't prepare. But we have to prepare. Because when we prepare, we'll be sorted for the seasons that will come. Like the ant. When we prepare, we'll be sorted. When we prepare, we'll be sorted. When we prepare, we'll be sorted. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to, for the reason of the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and with respect. Hallelujah. It is very important. Like the ants, prepare. Oh, prepare. Hallelujah. Now let's say, let me share some things with us on some truths about ants. You know that ants work with what they've been given. Ants, they work with what they've been given. Beloved, whatever God has given you by virtue of the grace upon you, by virtue of the spiritual gift in you, beloved, work with it. Somebody may have the prophetic gift. Somebody may have the gift of service, ushering, and the person is saying that, oh, my gift has no, has no value. I'm nobody in the house of God. Who told you? Work with what you've been given because there are many members in the body and all the members in the body have a purpose. Work with what you've been given. Work with what you've been given. Hallelujah. Understand. When I, I'm thinking about Joseph. Joseph was always second in command. To his father, he was second in command. 
To Potiphar, he was second in command. To the prison warden, he was second in command. Even to Pharaoh, he was second in command. But he worked with what he was given. He worked. That's what the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and the verse 10. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. If you're a teacher, teach with all your might. If you're a banker, do the banking with all your might. If, if, you, if you are whatever, do it with all your might. If you're a laborer, do it with all your might. If you're a cleaner, do it with all your might. If you're a politician, do it with all your might. If you're a student, learn with all your might. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. How? Because you must understand, you must first accept what you've been given. If you accept what you've been given, in executing it, it will be easy because you understand that this is what you've been given. Many of us, we don't understand and we don't accept what you have been given. You are you were brought up in a certain home that you don't have, you don't eat KFC, you don't eat papaya and things, you don't eat gourmet meals, but you eat meals that are local. But you've not accepted that this is where God has positioned you. And the mind of God is something else. It's beautiful. God may have put you there for a purpose. But you must first accept that that is where you have been given. That is where you've been put. The ant works with what they've been given. The ant is small, not strong, defenseless, but he's been given the brain cells of 250,000 cells. And it works with that sense. Understand. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Emphasis. All your might. When you have that emphasis there, oh, things will change. Accept what you've been given. Beloved, do you know that you are in the training grounds today for what God has for you for tomorrow. Because what you are learning to do now will be used in the days to come. You see, many do understand that God may have you in an obscure place today, but your time is coming. Your time for promotion is coming. You must accept what you've been given. When you accept what you've been given and you work with it and you do it all your might, a time is coming, your time is coming, something will change. You are in training today for tomorrow. You think you are suffering. You think you are the only one who eats Gary. You think you are the only one who has been eating rice, 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 rice and oil, rice and oil, yam and palm oil. Every day, fufu, every day, fufu and soup, fufu and light soup, no meat, every day. You walk to work and come back. The money is not enough. God is keeping you in an obscure place for a promotion tomorrow. God is preparing you. Are you allowing yourself to realize that this is a preparation? Are you allowing yourself to realize that I must go through this preparation for me to receive something from God tomorrow? Accept it and move with it. Your tomorrow is coming. God may have put you in the desert. God may have put you in the wilderness. But the palace of Pharaoh is right around the corner. Hallelujah. I'm, I, I, I believe that I'm speaking to somebody. You may be in the wilderness right now. You may think in the desert right now. God may have put you there for a purpose. Because Pharaoh's palace is right around the corner. Closer than you think. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
One thing you must understand also, that ants do not wear out easily. Ants do not wear out easily at all. Personally, I have never seen an ant that didn't have an agenda. There is no ant that moves around that does not have an agenda. All the ants, they have an agenda. Oh, Ameno. All the ants, they have what? An agenda. They have what? An agenda. They have what? An agenda. All the ants, they have an agenda. That is why. That is why. Paul tells us. You see, ants do not wear out easily. So, Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 6 and the verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while we are doing good. For in due season, for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. For I remember I spoke on this, I was preaching somewhere, and I said that as for doing good, there is no time frame. You can give for years and nothing will happen. But the day God decides to open the door and bless you, you will reap and reap and reap and reap for your children to even come and reap and you will keep reaping. As for the giving, there is no season for giving. It says, do not grow weary while doing good. Sometimes you are doing good. You are not getting the benefit. Nothing is coming. No breakthrough is coming. But Bible tells you, don't grow weary while doing good. Why? Because there's a season coming where you will reap if you do not lose heart. Many have given and have lost heart. Many have given and they have lost heart. Many have given and they have lost hearts. But it says, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't let yourself wear out in the kingdom. Understand that you are preparing yourself for a great reward when Christ comes. We are preparing ourselves. There's a reward. There's their crowns to be won. There are crowns to be won. And so we are preparing ourselves for crowns. We are preparing to receive crowns. We are preparing to be blessed. We are preparing for crowns. So we will not give up. We will not grow weary. Don't be weary. Don't be weary. That is why God, God through Paul, said, fan into flame, 2 Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. Because when you fan it into flame, you will not grow weary. Fan it into flame. Fan it into flame. By prayer, fan it into flame. By, by worship, fan it into flame. Fan it into flame, the gift of God. Don't let yourself grow tired of God's work. Because ants do not waste time complaining. How do I know? Do you know, I watched a documentary some time ago. And in that documentary, an ant hill was knocked down. Do you know that they started over again? And the, and the person went back about two months after. And the ant hill was up again. Beloved, when you knock down an ant hill, they don't sit down and cry about it. Some of us, when something hits us, we will sit down, we will cry for months and for months and for months. I'm not saying don't cry. Sometimes you cry, but you sit yourself up and you move on. You start over. One thing that Christians, we must learn to do is to keep at it. 
no matter what happens, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. You fall. You keep your eye on the prize. Because when Christ comes, there's rewards. There are crowns to be given. I must gain certain crowns. I must not lose crowns. I am looking forward for a crown. And don't waste time complaining. Some of us, we will waste time complaining when we should have bounced back and be starting all over again. We waste time and we are complaining and we are complaining and we are complaining. Ants do not waste time complaining. Hallelujah. Ants. Let's learn from the ants. Let's learn from the ants. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Ants. God will help us. Amen. So, that's for the ants. That is for the ants. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Remember that our scripture for reference, the very powerful scripture which we have highlighted which is in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24, 28, where it says, Four things on the earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. So ants, conies, locusts, and lizards. So we are speaking about ants. Now, by the grace of God, we are moving to conies. The coney. Now, the coney speaks of, remember, the ant speaks of preparation. But the coney speaks of Habitation. Habitation. Now, what is a coney? C-O-N-E-Y. Many of you might not have heard it before, but it's in the Bible. Amen. Coney. Now, conies are like small, um, grayish, rabbit-like creatures. They're like the rabbits, but they are rabbit-like. And they live among the rocks, and and they burrow into them when a predator comes looking for them. So, in order to get to them, you need to knock down um, some mountain of rocks. So they are small, cute, grayish, rabbit-like creatures, right? And they always live among the rocks. And they burrow into them. So as soon as a predator comes, they burrow into them and then they are gone. They are fast. Also, one other thing you should know is that conies are cute. They are very soft. They are fluffy, you know, um, and they are cuddly. So, so that's what makes them so attractive. But in as much as they are cuddly, attractive, and all that, those as those things are also their greatest weaknesses. So, conies are not powerful, but they are wise because they know where to stay. So the ants are also wise, we said, because they plan ahead, they prepare for harder seasons. But the conies, they are not powerful, but they are considered wise in scripture. Why? Because they know where to stay habitation they know where to stay and i said that they are cute they are cuddly they are soft they are attractive but those things are also their greatest weaknesses what does that mean it means that your best attribute can also be your biggest liability your best attribute your best attribute your best attributes can also be your biggest liability. So, an example can be 
that you are good at talking. You are good in talking. But your mouth can get you into trouble. So that which makes you attractive can also be your greatest weakness. Some of us, we can talk well, but sometimes we talk, 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 and the talking gets us into trouble. So you can talk all right, but your mouth can get you into trouble. Hallelujah. So we should understand that we are weakest at our strongest points. We are weakest at our strongest points. At our strongest points. Now, the first thing we must understand about Connie's is that the Connie is aware of its own weakness. The Connie is aware of its own weakness. The Connie realizes that it must depend on something greater than itself for safety. It must depend on something greater than itself for security. What is that something? The rock. So it goes to the rock. It knows that it's weak. It knows, even though it is cuddly, soft, cute, attractive, it has a weakness. That is its weakness. So, it needs something greater than itself for security and for protection, for safety. And that something is the rock, the mountain. So, it goes there and it hides there. Beloved, are you aware of your strengths? Are you aware of your weaknesses? My question for you tonight. Are you aware of these things? Some of the things you must think of is that what sin troubles you often? What, what, what things get you sidetracked from God's will often? Or what thoughts hound you frequently? What thoughts bother you frequently? And so you know that the corner isn't ashamed to know that it needs a power greater than itself. One of the main temptations of people of God, of Christians today, is that I can do this alone mentality. With your weakness, you can't do it alone. You need God. The corner is able to tell itself. It's not ashamed. Some of us, we have, we are, we, we have that my, I can do it, the self thing. I can do it, the self mentality. I can do it. You can't do it. You need God. Psalm 62, verse 6 and verse 7. It says, He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depends on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. My question is, do you have a hiding place in God? What do you do when the enemy is after you? Do you depend on your intelligence? Do you depend on human knowledge? What do you do? Psalm 61 and the verse 2, Bible says, From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Beloved, that is the evacuation route. You must have an evacuation route. Do you know, if you have ever been or stayed at a hotel before, whether for pleasure or for business, 
when you look in a hotel, you see on the door of the hotel an evacuation route in case of a fire. Now, the question is that, will the fire happen? Not often. Often it won't happen. But there needs to be a plan that is put in place. What is your escape? Is your escape alcohol? Is your escape TV? Is your escape friends? Is your escape a psychologist? Your escape must be God. 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 Or you want your escape to be your prayer closet. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says in Matthew 6 and the verse 6. The Bible says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. They cornish. They know they have a weakness. And so they run for a safe space, for safety and security. With your weakness, like the cunning, run to God. Seek protection from the Lord. Seek safety from the Lord. Know that you cannot do it alone. Whatever that is your weakness, understand that you cannot do it alone. Don't have that I can do it alone mentality. Take it to God and God will help you. I believe so strongly. Be like the Connie. Your habitation is important. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we've spoken about the ant, spoken about the conies, which are the rabbit-like creatures. They are beautiful creatures. Amen. The third one, which is the last but one, is the locust. Remember, we are dealing with four. We are dealing with the ant, we are dealing with the conies, we are dealing with the locust, and the last one will be the lizard. So we are dealing with the locusts. Now, we said the ant speaks of preparation. We said the corny speaks of habitation. The locust speaks of cooperation. Cooperation. Very, very important. Cooperation. 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 Now, locusts don't have a king or a queen. But the Bible calls them wise for a reason. What is the reason? The reason is that they cooperate. They know that they are, there is strength in numbers. They cooperate. Now, an interesting fact I realized when I was preparing the message is that there are two things I realized when I was preparing. Two interesting facts I didn't know, which I want to share with us. Now, the first interesting fact I, I found out was that locust swarms, that's a group of the locusts, they can vary from one square kilometer to several hundred kilometers. They can be a lot, huge numbers. That's the first thing I realized. And the second thing I realized is that a large swarm of locusts can consume 20 tons of vegetation a day. 20,000 tons they can consume a day such an enormous number of desert locusts can consume 20,000 tons of vegetation 
a day. Hallelujah. And we know that in scripture, locusts were one of the plagues of Egypt. So you can just imagine the damage they caused in Egypt when God sent them. When Pharaoh was being stubborn. You can, you can imagine it. Hallelujah. Strength in numbers. But you see, in the strength in numbers, you understand that if the, if the church unites, we are a great force to be reckoned with. The more united we are as the body of Christ, we are a great force. We are a great force. That is why in, in, um, in John 17, Jesus prayed a prayer that we will be one as he and the Father are one. Beloved, let us put aside silly differences. Let us put aside foolish differences for the sake of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the body of Christ. Locals have no king, but they're able to work together without fighting for position. They cooperate. They know that there's strength in numbers. Beloved, people who look for authority and position in everything in the church, they concern me. It worries me. People who want the microphone, people who always want the stage. Because the kingdom of God is for people who are looking to promote only one agenda, Jesus Christ. Understand, Jesus gathered 12 disciples, not one leader. I mean, let us look at, let, let us understand and look at the diversity of the activities in the early church. Look at the activities of the early church. Look at Peter. Peter preached the first sermon. Peter, uh, uh, Peter preached the first sermon. James, James pastored the first church. Paul took the gospel to the Gentiles. Look at John. John on the island of Patmos. He received the end time revelation. Look at Stephen. Stephen was a deacon and then he became the first martyr. They worked together. They understood their roles. We were not fighting for leadership, title, position. We are only promoting one agenda, Jesus Christ. And God is all about his people working together. When we cooperate, understand that cooperation will destroy competition. Locals know that they are stronger together than they are separated from one another. They know. They are aware. And so my question to you tonight is that are you a team player? For you, is it about cooperation or is it about competition? That's what the Bible tells us. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 46, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workers, but the same God who works through all of them in all men. Cooperation, not competition. Cooperation. Like the locusts, let's learn to cooperate. Let's understand that there's strength in numbers. When we are united as the body, we'll be a, a, a force to be reckoned with on the earth. The locusts, cooperation, cooperation, cooperation. For you, is it about cooperation or is it about competition? May God help us.
may God help us. Four creatures, ants, conies, locusts, lizard, small creatures, not recognized creatures, but yet the Bible says they are wise for these reasons. The ant prepares preparation, the cony habitation, the locust compression, and the last but not the least, the lizard. The lizard. The lizard. The lizard speaks of aspiration. Aspiration. The lizard speaks of aspiration. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. The lizard it speaks of aspiration. Now we know that lizards are easy to catch. We know that um, they are small. We know that they are insignificant. Amen. Now, when we say aspiration, we mean a hope of achieving something or an ambition of achieving something. Desire, yearning, edge, longing, hope. That's aspiration. So, lizard speaks of aspiration. So, it's considered wise because it doesn't let its shortcomings bring self-doubt. It aspires, it hopes, it longs. It dreams of achieving something. Now, do you know that although the lizard can be caught in the hand, it still finds its place or its way to, to the greatest places on the earth. Now, I realized when I was doing the research on this is that the tail of some lizards separates from their body when they are grabbed. Now, the tail that, anytime you catch a lizard and then the tail falls off, the tail that is left behind wiggles. Why does it wiggle? It wiggles to confuse the predator. What point am I making? The lizard is willing to let go of the tail. I know I just, I just got somebody right there. The lizard is willing to let go. Beloved, some of us need to learn how to let go in order to grow. When the lizard lets go and, and confuses the predator and it goes, the tail grows back. Beloved, learn how to let go in order to grow. Your tail will grow back. Someone once said that Christian maturity is mastering the art of letting go. Some of us, we have held on to things for years. For years, for years, for years, for years, for years. We are still holding on to these things. So the first thing I found out was that when they are grabbed, some of them, they let, they, they, they let their tails off. And the second thing I learned was that lizards never stop growing. And when they outgrow their skin, they shed it off. So, a lizard, why the Bible put in a lizard as wise, is that a lizard is willing to cut its losses in order to move on to the next stage in life. It's willing to let go of certain things. In order to move on, in order to grow, in order to progress, it's willing to let go. 
is willing to let go. Is willing to let go. Are you hanging on to a bad relationship? Let it go. Are you hanging on to a bad job? Let it go. Are you hanging on to a bad attitude that needs to be cut off? Let it go. Let God do some surgery on you. Because if you don't get rid of that junk, that trash in your life, that trash will consume you. God has God God has great things for each of us. Let go. God's plans have nothing to do with our wisdom, with our ability. God's plans for us does not depend on our giftedness. Are you forgotten when, when Moses told, told God, I can't speak well, I stammer. And God said, who made your mouth? Beloved, like the lizard, we must have aspirations. All the great men and the great women became great because they believed they could be great. You believe in God? Yes, we thank God. That is great. Now the question is, do you believe in yourself? God believes in you, but do you believe in yourself? Jesus said, I have chosen you, I have appointed you. Do you believe in yourself? We have been created to produce. God said, be fruitful and multiply. When you read 1 Peter 2.9, we know we are ambassadors for Christ. It says you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Beloved, you have been chosen. Do you believe in yourself? Are you ready to let go? To reach those aspirations you have? Be like the lizard. Aspire. As you are aspiring, shed those things off your life which are not helping you, which are not making you get to those places. As you let it go, God will come through for you in the precious name of Jesus. And so, beloved, tonight, God's word has come to you. God's word has come to you. We have learned that great things indeed come in small packages. From the end, we have learned that we must prepare for the future. For the corners, we have learned that our strengths can also be our weaknesses. And in the wisdom of the corny, they seek safety and security. We have learned from the locusts that cooperation, oneness, being united in the body of Christ will make us a force to be reckoned with. And we should not be in competition in the body, but rather we should cooperate. And the lizard has told us and taught us that we should aspire. We should let go. We should shed those things off our lives, that which is not helping us. And God will help us. Beloved, tonight, I believe that all these four apply to your life. As you have heard God's word, it is my prayer that you run with it, that you apply it to your life, that you allow God to speak to you concerning these things, and that it shall make meaning to your life. I pray that from this word, God will direct your path. God will lead you 
God will not make you make a mistake. God will take away everything that you have held on to for years. It is my prayer that you plan ahead. It is my prayer that even though that your strength is also like a weakness, you will see the wisdom in getting help. I pray that like the locust, you will also understand the importance of cooperation and cooperate with others in the body. And like the locust, you will aspire. And as you aspire, you will cut everything that is around you, which is not helping you. You will let go of hurt. You will let go of pain. You will shed those things off your life. I believe tonight we have been blessed by the word of God. It's my prayer that God will help us and God will encourage us and God will strengthen us for the journey ahead. Hallelujah. Let's not forget that today was day 42 of our 100 days of declaration where we took our scripture from Genesis 26, verse 20 to 22. And our declaration was that in the name of Jesus, we will find value. And whatever that is taken from us is less than what the Lord will give us. And the Lord will make room for us. We will prosper and we will thrive. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that you have spoken to us. May this word bring a change. May there be an impact in our lives. To the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, beloved in Christ, God bless you so much for your time. God bless you for taking the time to listen to this word. I pray that it has helped you, it has blessed you, and it will make meaning of your life as well. God willing, on Friday, we will have the midnight experience between the hours of 10 and 11. It's my prayer that we will join and we will pray for ourselves. Hallelujah. And so, all too soon, we've come to the end of tonight's Wedification Tuesday. Make sure next week, Tuesday also, you will be there to hear another word from the Lord. Be encouraged. Know that God has taken you on and God will bless you. God will keep you. God will not disappoint you. He's too faithful to do that. Hallelujah. And so, enjoy the rest of your evening. God bless you mightily. As you go to bed, may God keep you. May, may God's hands continue to be upon you. And may the rest of the week be great for you. May testimonies abound for you. In Jesus' precious name. Enjoy your night. God bless you so much. Shalom and good night. Bye. We want to take you back to Central Africa. Hey, Yahweh, hey, Yahweh, come on, hey, Yahweh, hey, Yahweh, come on,
your waist, come on. Slowly. One, two, three, and four. Come on, Hello. High Hello. High Hello. 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 